Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Western Oklahoma Sports Podcast. I'm the law dog Chuck Ramsey here with you at the Wright Radio Studios. And I tell you what, it is a special honor and privilege for me to be able to host and uh, moderate this podcast for you here. And uh, we appreciate the legendary voice of Western Oklahoma sports, Chuck Edwards, for being here in studio with us. Chuck, how are you, sir? I'm okay, but legendary makes me uh, nervous. Well, it shouldn't, because if, if I talk to anyone about anything with regards to Western Oklahoma sports... Uh, your name and legend will generally come about. Well, I, I always compare it to an old pair of shoes. You know, I, I just stayed around so long they got comfortable with me. <laughs> it's not that I was any good. It, it was just got comfortable. Well, oh, you were plenty good. No, I tell you, and you, you're exactly right. That's that's kind of my goal. And I think it, I think I've made some ground in year one. I, I finally just wear them down long enough that yeah. they, yeah, that's the law dog. So, anyways, and kind of fo- you know trying to follow in your footsteps. It'll be a tall, tall task, but. Uh, thank you for coming out and uh, taking time to visit with us today. Uh, how's retirement? Well, it's okay. Uh, uh, I was doing an interview with another personality on another state, or I guess maybe the same station. Yeah. He asked me the same thing. And, and my, my stock answer when people ask me, how's retirement? I said, what part of retirement do you not understand? Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, retirement is no no commitments, no uh-huh. places you got to be at a certain set time. And, yeah. And we don't really travel, never have traveled. And matter of fact, I, I don't do too well traveling i take my wife the city occasionally for doctor's appointments yeah by the time we get home i'm just worn out so the city will do that to you and and i'm not trying to age range here but i'm <laughs> i'm guessing i'm i'm a bit younger than you, you but are, I, yeah. in in dog years i've probably as a police officer i probably aged in dog years but i tell you we go we just go to yukon yeah right and i'm just like i sure do like the traffic in western oklahoma yeah. a lot better right. so yeah i get you there no i tell you retirement and it's one of those things when I was a police officer, people say, I don't think I could ever retire. I don't know if I, you know, what would I do with myself? I tell you what, I like having a cup of coffee. If you got a group of friends that meet yeah. three, four times a week and you, you drink a cup of coffee with them, share the local scuttlebutt, right. uh, that's all right in my book. You know, and that, that's kind of why we moved to Thomas, just to kind of see if we could find that little niche. When I was with me, I, I used to always think, well, I'm probably not going to retire. I'll probably just die on the job someday. <laughs> My my ideal way was, you know, finish up a broadcast and say, you know, have a good evening, yeah. and it just uh, well, claps over. And you think about that sometimes, and and now that I'm in a second career, I, I, that goes through my mind. How how long do I do right. I really have in me? Really, is kind of the question. But yeah, I tell you, it's a, uh, you know, it's it's the it's the ability to wake up in the morning and say, you know what, it's pretty cold outside. Yeah. I don't think I'll be stepping no, out. Yeah, right. I don't think I'll be stepping out right. there today. Yeah, and, it's, you know, even in my pseudo retirement, there's right. been a ample opportunity for me to do that. Now they made me travel to state tournament in the snow one time, and we right. about wrecked a right radio mobile. Right. We made it, but no, I tell you, and uh, kudos to you for for uh, for enjoying your retirement, and and you know, and I know people see you around Weatherford. I saw you at a couple of games uh, over the season. I'd right. gander across when Weatherford was playing at home, and I I would see you over there with a group of people, and uh, so you're still taking in all the sports. Well. Let's, I don't need to turn all. I go to select games. I um, the I think the basketball games you saw me at they were afternoon games. I like going to afternoon games. I don't like driving at night. So uh, I think Weatherford played three home double hitters this year in, in the afternoon, and I went to those. And I'd go to the uh, Southwestern double hitters on a Saturday afternoon. I think I went to about three Weatherford High School football games. Yeah, didn't go to many Southwestern football games. Yeah, saw a couple of halves. And, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, and and I'll say this, being, uh, you know, 
being a fair weather fan yeah, of right. most things, uh, once the wind's up and the temperature's out, unless I've got a press box, I've gotten spoiled going to that. I've gotten spoiled going to the Chuck yeah. Edwards press box at Eagle Field because I'm telling you, once you've called a game there, anything else is like stepping down to a Volkswagen bug or something. I mean, it's just an amazing uh facility well i got i got where i feel bad now because uh, i used to chastise fans for not coming out and sitting in that cold or wet weather to support their team yeah and, yeah and here's the guy sitting inside in a press box you've earned it you've earned it and uh the good thing about it is is we generally send out a right radio uh broadcast crew to uh, stream just about anything uh, around the area well i started to say the streaming has spoiled me i've enjoyed that yeah because yeah. I'll, I'll turn it on at night and we can still watch tv and for sure. i can read and do other things and Okay, so we're going to go into this uh, as me also. I've read your bio. We've visited sparingly over the past right. year. We've had a chance to share text. And you share a lot of information with me that's very useful. But if someone is listening and they don't know uh, who about Chuck Edwards, tell us about your beginnings. Well, I'm an Oklahoman. I was born in Altus. Um, matter of fact, it was kind of funny here recently, Tom Heidebrecht, and you probably don't know that name, but he was a high school basketball coach in the you state. You sent me that. Coached at Hydro, coached at Washtenaw Heights. And when he died recently, I noticed he was born in Altus three days before I was born in Altus. And I didn't, I'd, I'd never knew that. Till okay. I've always I told Philip Reed at the newspaper, I said, you should do uh, obituaries before people die so you learn something about people yeah. you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my idea was... Uh, you should title it "Before I Go." You should know. This is me, and then you know, talk about yourself. And I would, I wouldn't personally do it, but other people might want to do it. The kids have that nowadays. It's called Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is who I am. This is everything about me. But we we moved to we moved to Duncan when I was six years old, and I went all the way through school in Duncan. Okay. And I was not a very good athlete. I ran cross country one year. I played one year of baseball, or okay. sit on the bench for one year. So, obviously, you had a liking for sports, though, because yeah, it led to broadcast. There was a sportscaster in Duncan by the name of Bill Merrill, who okay. was uh, – uh, I, I enjoyed listening to him, and he used to go out and interview the athletes, and I always thought, well, that'd be nice to, to do that. Yeah. He wound up doing one year of Texas Ranger baseball. He wound up in the Rangers organization. I think he only did one year of their play-by-play. Yeah. But, uh, well, and – you 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 mentioned Duncan. That's an interesting stretch down through Highway 81. Right. There's so yeah. many towns and teams and just a variety of sports. And we traveled to Marlow last year right. for Weatherford Baseball right. and played in regionals down there. And a very uh, vocal and vehement fan base, you could say. <laughs> right. I'm, but you find that almost everywhere anymore. Sure, sure. But yeah. I uh, I worked – Duncan was my, the first radio station I worked at. I just went in cold turkey and applied for a job after – I went to Elkins School of Broadcasting in Dallas. Okay, so there was a, a broadcasting school. Yeah. What year would this have been? Oh, 62. Okay. And it was like a 300-hour um, school. You went five hours a night. I worked while I was in Dallas. I worked at a um, sash and door company, and my job for seven hours a day was just screwing hinges on doors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. That's uh uh, you can come over and, and re, re, retake well, I, up your work if you at yeah. my house if you want to come straighten some out. But uh, I worked in Duncan for eight or nine uh, months, and I, my only other place to work in Oklahoma was at Altus. I worked there about five months. And, and then finally I answered an ad in Broadcast Magazine. That was the old Bible of, okay. of radio for years out in New Mexico where they were wanting a uh, combination sportscaster, country music DJ, and that's exactly what I wanted to do. Sure. I'd started doing a country music show in Duncan on Saturday nights. 
So I went out there, and with no experience, they hired me. And, nice. So your country music show in Duncan was that uh, was that a lot of Hank Williams and a lot of Bob Wills or oh or yeah, music and Buck like Owens was big back there. Buck, this has yeah. been in the '60s okay. and um, oh George Jones and uh, Farron Young. Farron Young. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize until I start until I started doing a syndicated uh, traditional country show in Texas how many bands play so many fair and young songs oh really he his his stuff is all over the charts yeah. for people to dance to yeah. but anyway that's i'll let you <laughs> continue to new mexico but anyway so i went out i went out to northwestern new mexico aztec was a little town i went to and there's only about five thousand. and i fell in love with the town and uh, in, enjoyed doing their football and oh a couple of years passed and the as radio stations tend to do they change ownership and you don't always see eye to eye with a new person and Fortunately, I had a uh, car dealer in town that knew me and liked me and referred me to another uh, radio station at a bigger town just down the road, Farmington. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, way uh, up there. Yeah, and so I went over there, and the first couple of years I just did news. I did radio news for about eight or nine years and uh, did a few ball games part-time, and finally I started doing the Farmington Scorpion games, and okay. 69 did them for like eight seasons. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess back in those days – the the entire town was at the game usually and every cop was in <laughs> at the game <laughs> in, in one end zone or the other right. and and i get a picture in my mind especially uh because i've watched a lot of i grew up in the 70s and 80s right. uh you know it really was and we still get good fan support but i mean it seems like back then when it was about the only thing going on yeah, in a was, town right, yeah. everyone was there. there's a difference in the world yeah. then and now sure so uh, Farmington Scorpions, and that was their high school team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then uh, how much longer were you out in New Mexico? Well, I stayed out there until 77, Then I saw an ad um, in the Oklahoma City paper. I used to buy the Sunday Oklahoma at a newsstand out there and, oh. and try to keep up with what's going on in Oklahoma and ran across some – well, uh, about three years prior, the, ra- the radio station here had ran an ad for a newsman. And so I contacted – Dick Johnson was the owner back then, and – contacted dick and um, we communicated back and forth and they they flew me back to oklahoma city to interview yeah and i came out one weekend and uh, we talked and they told me what they wanted they said well we just want you doing news now but when we get our fm station on the air at that time it was only an am station oh, okay and we we didn't have night game we didn't have a yeah, night broadcast so we couldn't do games other than the saturday afternoon homecoming sure so uh on the way flying back, I said, no. I said, I, I was tired of doing news. Yeah. And so when I, I got home, I called him and said, well, thank you for the offer, but I'm going to turn you down now. If later on, you get your FM station on and you're still looking for a sportsman, give me a call. And they did, surprisingly, because yeah. usually you never hear from anybody again. So you did end up getting the call from Dick Johnson. Right. And you come to Western Oklahoma. Right. And uh, they they got the FM on the air in like August of '77, and um, we started doing Southwestern games in in uh, September. And I know at at the time they weren't going to do high school. Yeah, they had a plan where we were going to have reporters at like twelve different high schools calling in reports. Scores, yeah. at halftime of each game. Mm-hmm. And uh, a fellow here was a salesman, uh, Phil Spivey, who eventually wound up buying the station. Uh, he said, "Well, I think we're to do we're to do the Weatherford Eagles games, the broadcast." And okay. I said, "Yeah, I agree." Yeah. So we got them to let us go ahead and do both Weatherford and Southwestern. Sure. Which doubled my workload because you know you're doing, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, two football I, games a week, and then when basketball rolls around, it's Katie bar the door. I told Mike Smith, you got, you don't have no worries about me ever wanting to take over Swansu. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to travel to Arkansas, right. and uh, that's a lot of prep work. So, right. uh, but no, it's I'm sure it was a I'm sure it was a blast, and I'm sure you know it makes you feel like as a broadcaster. I know through broadcasting with Weatherford in the short time I have, you really start to feel like a part of the team, and you really start to feel like. You're part of those kids' lives. You get more feedback from the uh, local Weatherford fans than yeah. you do from the South. Because most of the Southwestern parents and, uh, they are from far away. Yeah. And, and back in those days, you didn't have the Internet. They couldn't listen to you on no, the Internet. No. Well, and it's funny, and, uh, and I, I'm, a, I'm a radio traditionalist. I'm, I'm a radio right. buff in a way. And, and it just it, it, that's the first time I've put it together in talking with anybody who's been in radio right. from from you know, the golden era, you right. could say, in that you, you couldn't run night games on an AM. Right. Because you had to power down. Right. Maybe KOMA did back in the day. I don't yeah. know, but they were probably picking it up in Farmington, New Mexico. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the concept of FM radio opening the door yeah. for high school night sports right. is pretty amazing when you think about it. And it, it really is not that far, far back. Yeah. And the, now, uh, a side note, the, the Duncan radio station, now this will blow your mind, we yeah. were 250 watts in the daytime. Okay. We were 100 watts at night. So we, we were licensed to broadcast in, in Duncan. Sure. I didn't do games then, but, you know, the, the wattage was really low. You oh, just yeah. barely got out of the city limits yeah. with your signal. But I guess if you're at home, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and there wouldn't have been away games, right? Or would you have dialed up on a phone? Uh, yeah, they did away games. We used to use, um, rather than a phone line, they used a, a telephone looper line, and you just connected to two poles. The phone company <laughs> would go out, and you had no wow. communication. The, they'd, they'd always want you to, um, about an hour before tip-off, go go call the toll test board to make sure that You're your signal through. is coming through. And the guy yeah. in, at the toll test said, well, say something. I said, how can I say something? It's a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, when you said connect two lines, I thought of Ebb from uh, yeah, right. Green Acres right, climbing Green Acres, up the right. pole. <laughs> That's about how it was. Well, I, I once did a game in Zuni, New Mexico, which oh is in, gosh, on the yeah. uh, Zuni Reservation down by Gallup. Mm-hmm. And I forget how far we had to string power lines and how far we had to s- string a telephone line. But, you know, I finally had to go find a phone and call the guy. And he yeah. says, can you say something? I said, no, but I left the mic on. You maybe could hear the wind blowing in the background because they didn't have a press box. I yeah. said on the back of a flatbed truck. Wow. Did you have a banner, though? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. The promo department's always got to have a hand in it. Well, we're visiting with the legend of Western Oklahoma sports, Chuck Edwards, here on the Western Oklahoma Sports Podcast. And uh, I tell you, you, you made such an impact with what is now KWEY. Was it KWEY when you went to work for yes, Johnson? Uh-huh. Okay, so it was KWEY and then it went FM. Uh, when, the, when the ownership changed, Phil Spivey and Lynn Wolfgang, uh, Lynn was Mr. Benning's daughter, um, they changed the call letters to KBXR. Okay. And uh, it was a blue motif with a star. It looked almost like he Phil was a Texan, so he liked the Dallas Cowboys. There you but, go. Okay. But we played adult contemporary. Okay. So you uh, you you start broadcasting for Weatherford and Swasu. Right. Uh, Swasu would have been NAIA back then. NAIA. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because I went to OCU. Right. And I actually did some, and I won't spend too much time on this, but uh, got to meet Abe Lemons. Oh yeah. And got to interview him for right, right before he retired, 
And they play. I remember one of the first OCU games I ever watched was against Swasu oh, really? at Fredericks at the old Fredericks and Fieldhouse. Yeah. And you talk about a snake pit. Yeah, I mean I, that was that was the old I style. Yeah, 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 I'm sure you did. Now they and, tore it uh, down though, right? They did. No, I think they still have it up. For, oh, do they? Um, Other no, days? they did tear it down. They built. I thought they did. They I built. Um, they built quads or uh, dual rooms for. They built a brand new dorm room, right, basically. Okay. A dorm building. Uh, but, yeah, the old Fredrickson. And I remember Swasu coming to, uh, in 88, it would have been at OCU. You would have been doing the game. Yeah. And there was a kid from Millwood who was a teammate of current head coach Terry Evans named Stephen Parks. Yeah. And I brought that name up to Coach Evans uh, when I interviewed him. Well, Stephen Parks or Stephen Joseph? Uh, I thought it was Parks. Stephen Poncho Joseph and Michael Parks. Michael Parks, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. So that's my that's my, Michael Parks. Yeah. yeah. Uh so I remember he and Terry Evans played on a state championship team at right. Millwood and then Parks yeah. came out here to Swanson right. and Terry went to uh, OU but yeah, uh, I tell you it's um there was so much history and I, I guess was was Swasu in the was that a Lone Star Conference back then in the late eighties? No, 80s? Uh, years ago <clears throat> they weren't Sooner Athletic Conference. No, it wasn't Sooner. Years ago there used to be one big conference for the whole state called the Oklahoma Collegiate Conference, not okay. the OIC, okay, but the Oklahoma Collegiate Conference, and yeah. you had Panhandle, Langston, uh, all those schools, only except the church schools. I think okay. uh, the directional schools, and then uh, we evolved in the OIC. Yeah, Central was in it. Um, but yeah, uh, no, the Lone Star Conference came later. So, out of your time broadcasting Swasu Athletics, easiest coach to interact with and interview and and get what you needed from? Well, I I'm, I enjoyed all of them, and of course, I I was with them for many years. Uh, Hauser was here for about twenty. Larry Gerkink, the baseball coach, was here for about twenty. Um, Paul Sharp was here for about twenty. Now, Paul Sharp was a gentleman, first class all the way. Okay. And I really liked him. And he, matter of fact, when they fired him, he called me and told me, he says, now, Chuck, I want you to know, so you got the true story, that, you know, they let me go, but we're going to say, you know, I I resigned, wow. which is it's that standard procedure. Yeah. Might not but, catch that a lot nowadays. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I always liked Paul Sharp. The, his inner, the, the only thing the only thing that he did that, that I didn't quite concur with, I'd I'd go by on game day and, and visit the visiting coach. Just say hello and yeah. check for roster changes, and then I'd go by and see uh, Coach Sharp, and Coach Sharp would say, "What'd you? T- what'd they tell you? What'd they tell you?" <laughs> well, I couldn't, you know, in good, good conscience sure. and ethics, I couldn't tell him anything. I said, "Well, they just, you know, said nothing's changed. Yeah, everything's still the same." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the uh, crux of a broadcaster is is where do you where do you draw the line? I guess, but um, and nowadays everybody knows. <laughs> Nowadays, everybody knows uh, through scout tape and, yeah, and right. everything's online. You, well, they, you basically... they know more than I would ever know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm stunned at what I'm able to get in game prep for basketball right. uh, from, the, from the Huddle website, which is their online yeah. scouting deal. And tape, film, stats, oh, really? you name it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty stunning anymore, and it, it, it probably uh, – Probably I probably put more time into it than I, maybe I even should. But uh, but so you uh, you started at Swasu. You started doing Swasu sports when in seventy seven seventy seven. So you would have been there for all of the women's titles. Yes. Okay. So my wife 
her family moved from Thomas when she was in sixth grade. She was in the same grade as Kelly Litch. Oh, was she? Okay. Uh, so they would have gone to high school yeah. together had my wife stayed there. Uh, but we live in Thomas, and you can't live right. in Thomas and talk basketball and not hear Kelly Litch. Right. So talk about what it was like to, to broadcast those championships for Swasu. Uh of course, the very first year, the the national tournament was in Kansas City, Missouri. So yeah. I got to go to Kemper Arena. That was a big time. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, uh, that was the '82 championship. '83 was also there, and we won we won that one. Then '84 and '85, it moved to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Oh wow! And we got beat in the uh, I guess it'd be the quarterfinals, the second round in '84. They had a real outstanding player, and they beat us. Um, and Kelly was a that'd be her junior year. Then we went back her senior year in 85 and, and won it again, and uh, that was one of the more exciting games sure. because it went down to a, not a final shot but maybe a final rebound, and, and Kelly had one of the very few rare games I ever saw where she had an off game. I mean, she still contributed yeah. and lifted the team on her back just by the, her presence being out there, and uh, we we won that one, so that was the uh, third national championship. Then we went yeah. back to Kansas City in 87, and won another national championship, and then it moved to. Uh, I see that's four, so five. The fifth one would have been in 1990 in Jackson, Tennessee. Okay, which was a great location, a small enough town. Everybody in town knew why you were there. Yeah, and I think eventually it evolved from 16 teams to 32 teams there. So it was just wall to wall. Wow, women's basketball players, yeah. and the the arena wasn't anything spectacular. It was adequate for the crowd that came out, but. Um, Really enjoyed going to Jackson. Yeah. It was an easy drive. It was on Interstate 40 all the way. So. Yeah, that is. It's a, uh, I don't know, it, it's it's one of those things where, and I think we saw this this year with uh, with the Weatherford team, they seemed to perform way better in the state tournament right. in that smaller venue at UConn yeah. that night. And I talked to somebody who had played in both venues and said, Sometimes those big arenas, those big areas, uh, the shooting perspective right, yeah. can be different, yeah. you know, especially going from one game here. Right. And so, uh, you know, but, yeah, the, the the smaller arenas I'm a fan of. I know, yeah. I know facilities and amenities are a big thing nowadays. But when you go to a game at the Pioneer Cellular Event Center and then think about probably – I think about all the games you probably broadcast from the old Rankin-Williams Rankin Fieldhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your take on watching someone broadcast from the new arena? Uh, well, I don't envy them. I mean, I've, I've been to lots of, lots of gyms and lots of facilities over the years, so my thought is I've been there, I've done that. So yeah. uh, I know the one year that uh, Southwestern men played an exhibition game against Oklahoma State up at Gallagher-Iba Arena. Yeah. And I think everybody was more excited about going than I was. Okay. Matter of fact, the guy that did the color for me and Heston Wright, big OSU fans, and I said, well, "Why don't you guys go do the game, and I'll just stay home and listen to y'all?" <laughs> no, no, you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah, well, they bleed no, orange. I went. It was no real. It was just another basketball game, sure. another facility. And uh, I, years ago, when I was in New Mexico, I used to broadcast at uh, what's called the Pit there in Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. University of New Mexico and. That was almost my always my favorite place to broadcast because you were right behind the benches and elevated enough you could see over. Oh everybody. yeah, that would but be. But you perfect. were right there at courtside. But uh, hate to bring up the name, but that was uh, was that during the Dave Bliss era, or was that actually before him? no? It was before Dave. That would have been it was, before uh, Dave. Storm and Norm Ellenberger who got oh. into trouble and got 
later on. Most coaches did. For some kind Back of NCAA <laughs> violation. Yeah. Storm and Norman, I thought you were about to say Storm and Norman Stewart uh, yeah, from no. Missouri. But uh, no, I tell you, and you know, as a broadcaster, I know you. I know you listen to a lot of the broadcasts right. we do. We do our best. I'm, I, I'm an old retired cop. I should have yeah. went to school to learn this stuff, yeah. but I'm just kind of, just kind of winging it at times. I'm in, I'm in real admiration of the people who got real formal training right. on radio, and to me, that's something that, yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to do in a small market, but I would think that the larger markets, and I guess that's what a lot of the college yeah. courses do nowadays, but so many of those specialize in either advertising or television. Uh, you know, as far as radio goes, the the fact that you had to complete, yeah. what did you say, 500 hours? 300. 300 hours. But really, there wasn't much in sportscasting. I no. Think they, they set up a, te- uh, a film one night. This was back in the old days of film, before yeah. videotapes and said, just talk about it. Well, that wasn't really any training. I don't even remember whether they critiqued us or not. Sure. I basically learned, like you said, just going in and doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of that, too. I I know I started in 2014. I guess my first formal job in right. radio was with Friday Night Finals right. up at iHeart in Oklahoma City. And technology had changed that completely, too, because right. they said there were times in the late 90s where they'd have to call the police department yeah. of a town yeah. and get the score. And well, that's probably what you had to do here if you said you had people out covering or you know covering scores, well, we've called convenience stores that can see the scoreboard from their <laughs> convenience store. Can you tell us what the score is and how much time is left? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What what quarter are we in? Uh, but no, and you know, and that's the thing about technology; it's, it's changed so much. But at the end of the day, um, I think the voice—it's the voice—and it, and it does. I, I, I by no stretch have a voice that would have qualified me for work in radio back. Well, in the fifties and sixties, well, thank you, but I, I I understand my shortcomings. But in this day and time, it's about establishing that relationship with the listeners, right? And them being used to it being right. you. And I know that you had both facets here in Western Oklahoma. Yeah. You had the great broadcasting voice, and then you connected with the community. And by doing so, doing Weatherford Sports had to be a huge part of that as well, right? And I had also my, I know you did news, news and sports. Yeah. I, I did sales and sports, which okay. that put me out on the street. Sure. I'd see people every day. Uh, I don't know that we necessarily talk sports, but if they had a sports question, they could ask they me. They knew who you were. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sales and, and going out and, and, and being face-to-face. Right. Interpersonal communication yeah. is something that's huge as well. And that's why uh, I know I really want to try to focus in this next year on getting more uh, independent content out for right. people to to maybe tune into like like this interview here i've reached out to kelly litch i right. want to visit with her and and get her on a podcast as well and and that's what the podcast is gives us the ability to do is to uh basically do a, a little like you said <laughs> can you talk about me before i'm gone <laughs> yeah, so right. we wanted to do that for sure uh but hey, go ahead well you mentioned kelly you know finally doing southwestern uh uh, this was after she she retired as both a player and a coach. I'm sitting here thinking one day, I said, maybe I should ask Kelly Litch to do color for me. Yeah. And so I got her to do color at home games. She didn't travel, okay. but she did color, and she did a great job because she knew the game. And, yeah. And she could cr- not necessarily critique, but, you know, tell what they needed to do. And But she also was a big enough fan that occasionally she would root on the air, too. Sure, you know, and, sure. Which is understandable. And, oh yeah, yeah. You and that's the thing of being a a commentator for a team. Yeah, is you are 
you're going to be a bit biased. Yeah, you're you're going to be. I mean, you're gonna warmer. you're gonna get excited when when your team does well, and you're going to be a bit dejected when the other team does. So I, I've probably taken that a little too far at times in my two years out here at Weatherford, but uh, so well that's what when I started listening to you last year, that's one thing that appealed to me. I thought you were fair. Well, you thank were fair you. On the air. Yeah, I mean you were fair to the other team. Try to be. Yeah, I mean there there was a couple. I got I got reprimanded a little bit last year about uh, some blown calls in a regional. Yeah. Uh, and that's where it can start costing yeah. money. So I yeah, get we, it. <laughs> we've had we've had people here that's that's been critical of. Uh, yeah. Especially officials. Yeah, you learn some tips, some tricks of the trade. You yeah. know, was Coach Derek Bull's really unhappy about that call. <laughs> you know, so try to do that in there. Well, the, or the crowd didn't like that. Oh call, yeah, yeah, crowd very unhappy with that that official right now. We're visiting with Chuck Edwards, the legend of Western Oklahoma sports broadcasting. He is considered the voice of Western Oklahoma sports, and we're here with him on the Western Oklahoma Sports Podcast. And Chuck. Uh, We'll just kind of run down some questions here for you because okay. I, I've got some interesting uh, – I'm interested in your opinions. Uh, greatest male athlete that you've called a game for? Oh, uh, if you'd have started with female, of course, it had been Kelly. Yeah. Uh, there's been so many good ones, I hate to single out any, and uh, both high school and college. Um, How about greatest male performance you've seen in a sporting event a that you've game? called? Yeah. Well, there again, <laughs> I it's 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 in his head somewhere, but I can't pull it out right yeah. now. But uh, it happens, and, yeah. and you know, uh, just one off the top of your head, if you had to roll with somebody that you think think of the oh, male athletes, yeah, um, Southwestern or or Weatherford or, bo- or both. Either, um, I golly, I, you know, so many names run through my head that it's. Uh, and I hate to pull any out and miss somebody else. So. Give me two. Come on. <laughs> Give you two. <laughs> Give me two. Corey, Corey Selman was a, a great athlete, and Corey, I think, works for the – does he work for the fire department? I believe he does. I think he does. But Corey was one of those guys, and I know I got I got a – this was – I guess this was an email day because the person sent me an email. And, of course, you know who it's coming from when you get an email because sure. it's got a return address. But he said, you know, there's more people on that team than Corey Selman. I think you told me about that last well, year. Well, Corey was the quarterback. He touched the ball every uh-huh. play, so his name is going to be said. Yeah. He was the punter, so his name is going to be said. Yeah. He was the extra point and field goal kicker, so his name is going to be said. He was the uh, kick and punt return specialist, so his name is going to be said. Kinda he was a strong safety or, or strong side linebacker on defense, so his name is going to be said a lot. So, yeah. yeah. What year was this? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and that's a Weatherford team, correct? Weatherford, yeah, yeah Weatherford yeah. High School. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Weatherford and Clinton have been such a – they're such a heralded rivalry yeah. statewide here. And it was my privilege to get Mike Lee and Woody Roof in here right. for an interview last year, which people can still go to and listen to. Right. We'll we'll try to promote that as well. But uh, I was – I know there's still a lot of respect between coaches today. Right. I, I, I know that. It's not like that's changed that much. But the mm-hmm. level of respect I sensed between Mike Lee and Woody Roof was right, just yeah. truly – you could feel it in the room. Yeah. It was just astounding. Well, they were both excellent coaches, people I I really enjoyed. I know it, it took a while when we were thought of as the Weatherford radio station then. It wasn't – we didn't we weren't doing Clinton games sure. then. So I'd call Mike Lee, and, of course, you you feel some apprehension in his voice. Well, I'm not going to tell this guy anything because he's, yeah. he's a Weatherford Eagle. He's going to go tell them. But yeah. he, 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 he softened up over the years. He became a real good friend and really enjoyed visiting with him. And usually anything I'd ask him, he'd tell me. So He's a good guy, and he yeah. – he, 
for some reason, he took to me immediately. He's helped me out yeah. several times. And I guess coaching girls golf can soften you yeah. a bit. But he's still got a hand in the Clinton Red Tornado right, football scheme yeah. as I'm well. And, glad to see that. Yeah, but he uh, – they and maybe because we do their games, he's he's been he's been a little more open to me as well. Um, so, obviously, Kelly Litch, you would consider the, the greatest female yeah, athlete female, you've ever yeah. called. And there's been a lot of good ones, too. Yeah. I, I hate yeah. to just single in on her. and um that, that's the thing about it. When you went to things, you know, everybody talked about one player, Kelly Litch. Well, there's these other players that are on the team. Sure, there's, sure. There's four other players, and I'm sure they sometimes felt slighted or uh, had hurt feelings that they didn't get mentioned as much. But uh, Yeah, and, and that's kind of the nature of sports. Yeah. Is, is it, it, and that's the great – and where football, to me, sets itself apart from the other sports right. is um, football is truly the – ultimate team sport because 11 men have an assignment right and if all 11 men complete their right. assignment it's going to be a successful play yeah. if one doesn't it likely won't be right and so that that's where i i get that basketball you can have one or two individuals that can really carry right. a team at times uh, you know certain things like that cj nixon's probably the best weatherford high school basketball player i've seen timmy ray was great uh-huh. cj jack uh, nixon is to the next level he is next level is exactly a good way to put it and i'll tell you something chuck just watching that team and seeing what they'll be able to do next year uh i think we'll be saying i think we'll be putting the sage twins and nate Raymond. yeah yeah and then They're if all, jackson smith develops right. a little more he's so young this right. year i mean just freshman freshman <laughs> out there starting in a state tournament final that's just stunning to me i was so bad as a freshman it just <laughs> it just amazes me but, you know, um, C.J. athletically and talent-wise and skill-wise probably is a next-level guy. Right. But we'll, we'll see how the Sages develop, too, their, their dad and mom. Well, yeah, no, I saw their dad. He, he was from Carnegie, and he played one year for Coach Hauser. Yeah. And then he, tr- he was a great player, but he transferred to Central for physical therapy school, which yeah. is the profession he's in now. Sure. So. And then uh, I tell you, it's, it, I look back on football just following Weatherford from afar – and I would imagine those early 2000s teams were pretty special as well. Yeah, and uh, they were they were teams without the, probably the, they were good players, outstanding players. But as far as the great player like a C.J. Nixon or a Timmy Ray or or uh, a Corey Selman, um, they were a little different. They were just real solid and balanced throughout. Yeah. Um, they went on a bit of a run from the late 90s into the early 2000s yeah, we, in all sports. We won, we won the, another state championship in 99, and I would not have given us a chance in the world to win that one. Yeah. We'd gone over to Tulsa to play in the semifinals, and I don't recall who we beat, but Clinton got beat by Fort Gibson and, and Teddy Lehman yeah, yeah. in the semifinals. And we thought, oh, man, our goose is cooked because Clinton had killed us during the regular season like 34 to nothing. Mm-hmm. So we figured our goose is cooked. We go to Stillwater and play Fort Gibson on a Saturday night for the state championship, and we just dominated wow. them, dominated them. Yeah. And was that, that was, um, well, uh, Lance Donnelly, uh, Kobe Sims. Miller, Wes Sims, mm-hmm. were all, and uh, uh, Aikens, uh, Chris Aiken that went to okay. Oklahoma State, they were all on that team. Now, as far as Western Oklahoma sports goes, and I know you, I, I, I'm interested to know what, because Trent Smith played on some great OU teams, right. and he was from Clinton. Right. What was his impact on on Clinton football back in those days? Oh, he you know he was definitely a Division One player. You yeah. knew it watching him, and uh, 
just on offense or did he play all around? I I don't recall what he played on defense, but I'm sure when you're that good, you're playing both ways. It's funny because if you're just, a smart coach, you play on both well, ways. Sure, I'm sure Coach Lee did. <laughs> so. And you know, Coach Lee wouldn't wouldn't single him out uh, yeah. on and when I interviewed him a bit. But uh, so just a great era through that time and i think we're reaching another i think we're right. going to see another great era here in the next three right. or four years of weatherford uh sports in all all boys girls and and all right. sports the the girls track team is looking oh, at yeah. a, a four-peat i guess and, yeah. and uh just all kinds of stuff weatherford baseball I'm, I'm hoping that they make a deep run i'd love to be calling their game weatherford has always been known as a baseball town ever since i came here and um, shows by the facilities right i think i've broadcast <laughs> maybe three state championship games yep. yeah and they've won more than that but uh the, the the first one back in 34 i wasn't around for uh perspective wise uh sports broadcasting on on a on a general level what 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 irritates you the most about sports broadcasting in this current status oh, uh, when they coin new words okay <laughs> <laughs> thanks espn yeah uh, right. <laughs> yeah I, I i hope i haven't done that well, I don't know whether you ever know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think probably, and I can be subject to hyperbole myself, but it seems like on a national level, if you watch a sports broadcast, there's there's a – and it, to me it stems back all the way to Dick Vitale and Mark yeah, Macon. Right. You would have thought Mark Macon would have become LeBron James. Right. The way Dick Vitale talked about him when he was at Temple. <laughs> he didn't. He was a solid player, right. great player, but, right. uh, you know, it's just I, – I think – and I think in this day and time of social media, they want to they want to go full blown, uh, you know, stratosphere right. with the with the hyperbole, so that if something does happen, they could say they were on top of it. Yeah, and I, I I'm not a predictor. I was not a very colorful announcer. I um, I and I tried to stick to. Uh, Give them the time, give them the score. Mm-hmm. Give them the time, give them the score. Give them the time, give yeah. them the score. Because yeah. most people, and I'm the same way, I'll turn over to you, and I want to. when I turn over to you, I want to know the time, and I want to know the score. Sure. I don't want to list all this other BS. I yeah. want to know the time, I want to know the score. Yeah. I, you, I may not stay with you for that long. I think there's a whole website called Say the Damn Score. <laughs> I think <laughs> Pro- they, I, they, probably so. I think they point out the announcers that, that don't do that. And I, I, I try to stay on top of that for sure. So. And I became a, a big Harry Carey fan, although, like I say, I was not a personality type announcer. I was strictly, uh-huh. you know, score and time. That's sure. what I tried to strive for. And that's why you had a color man. I mean, let them analyze the play oh, yeah. what what worked what didn't work yeah if you have a color commentator that that's exactly as the play-by-play you're yeah. you're just giving a little bit of action and telling the score in time and then they kind of give the analysis um so having said that you mentioned harry carey what what was your favorite sport to call well football probably because uh, especially on the radio because you had just enough time to pause and say something in between basketball the action pretty well carries itself yeah. you just try to keep up with the action baseball is one of those sports that you really need a color man because yeah. it's so slow and draggy but i like baseball baseball's fun to call, cover and call uh i listened to myself from the i-40 classic i didn't like it i, I didn't like the way i did this last unless tournament. you were broadcasting yesterday's weatherford clinton game what was the final score 25 to 11 oh i hate games like that they oh, were that like win that. was carrying them out chuck i'm telling you it was a uh 
you know, and, and let me tell you something else. It's tough coming into this market being named Chuck. <laughs> I'll just say that it's it's a high standard for Chucks in this market. So, uh, no, baseball is a blast to call. I I I just I wish I had more practice at it. Right. You know, is is one of those things. We we do a handful of games and we'll get into playoffs and. Probably what will happen is by the time we get into regionals, I'll be like, okay, I feel pretty good about this. And then, you know, we'll maybe make it to state, maybe won't, but uh, then it'll be next year. But, all right, so just a few minutes left here with the voice of Western Oklahoma sports, Chuck Edwards. Uh, We covered kind of your beginnings, your time in Western Oklahoma. You called Weatherford and Swasu. When you weren't doing sports – before retirement, what what were you doing in your spare time generally t- as a as I a didn't diversion? have a life. I just didn't have a life. I just you know. I feel that way sometimes. It was like uh, I did I did Weatherford Eagle basketball for about fifteen years. Yeah. So on Tuesday nights I would have a Weatherford boys and girls basketball game. Yeah. Southwestern used to play on Wednesday nights, so I'd have Southwestern men's and women's on Wednesday. Friday night I'd have a Weatherford Eagle boys and girls, and then Saturday I'd have a yeah. Southwestern, so I'd do a minimum of eight games a week, and occasionally someone would screw it up and play a game on Monday and Thursday. <laughs> yeah, and I even done game on on a Sunday, you know, when I yeah. make up game. Yeah, but uh, so most of the time was spent just trying to stay sure. a step ahead. Sure, I know Harold. Uh, this was oh, probably three or four years after he'd been. He called me in the office one day and says, "What can I do to make your job easier?" And I should have said, well, give me more money. But yeah. I, like a dummy, I said, well, take me off of some basketball. Yeah. And he said, which one do you want to be off of? And probably if I'd have been smart, I'd have stayed with the high school because there's less travel. But I, the college back then, you had more access to preparation information. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned this, what do you call it? Huddle. Huddle, yeah. yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been there. I've checked that out. It's it's the coaches gave me access to it and I can I can at least throw out a free throw percentage right, yeah. about a player without right. having to keep my own stats. But back in the days you, you didn't have that. Yeah. Uh, you know, my problem back in the day sometimes was getting coaches to even give me a roster. Coach, all I want is names and numbers. Yeah. You don't have to give me their height, weight, scoring average. Just give me. Just names I had a coach and jerk a, a scorebook out of my hand one day because I was trying to uh, get scores of his games. This was wow. over at Elk City. He was an old coach, old line coach. But. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty amazing stuff, I tell you. That, and things change. I mean, yeah. I think nowadays coaches know stuff yeah, is out there. I think they're, uh, yeah. All right. Well, listen, I tell you what, I, I thank you so much for coming out and visiting with us here. And uh, it's just a pleasure for me and you to finally have a chance yeah. to really sit down and, and chit-chat. I know I've been meaning to get over to Nichols Point, And uh, <laughs> I, I usually I get over there for a breakfast burrito, but I think you're already gone by the time I'm rolling in for uh, breakfast. Well, I don't usually get there until 1030, so. Oh, well, you, you may come, that's, you that may should be, be about my time. Me, so. I'll keep an eye out. So, um any plans for the upcoming summer? Anything like that? No, not really. Just no, survive. Just, <laughs> that's all of us, brother. In this day and time, I, I'm telling you, it's just uh, it's pretty stunning. But I tell you, you mentioned that, and that's one thing I I really particularly like about Western Oklahoma sports is the fact that uh, it carries on. Right. It, it keeps going. There's probably other areas of the world where you know we right. wouldn't have been able to enjoy a state championship yeah. run state uh tournament run like we did uh because of of their you know restrictions or something like that but um you know i think what i've found is and uh, and i really appreciate the the weatherford faithful who have who really kind of taken me in i mean i'm a true outsider out here i i wasn't i I didn't live out here and they just threw me on basketball and it, it 
took half a season maybe yeah. but i think i think i i was fortunate enough to to they got good right you know <laughs> they, they both teams have been great over the last couple of years and then and then they look back on those good times right. and if you're part of that i think it equates you said you you threw the word restrictions speaking of restrictions years ago clinton would not allow live radio broadcast even for the visiting team really yeah and I know one year I had to go over and I tape recorded it and we could replay it two hours later, but couldn't play it during the game. And That's I think in 1978 they weren't allowing live radio broadcast. And we got to the playoffs, and of course the Activities Association governs the live playoffs. And their their thought back then was, well, if the home schools don't have any objection, then you can do the games. Well, Clinton played. Kingfisher somebody at home the first round and we didn't do that game but then we did the next three including the state championship game yeah against Durant at um, uh, Oscar Rose Field there yeah. in Midwest uh, City and I, I went over and broadcast that game wow so I if, if you ever want a trivia who broadcast the uh, Clinton state championship football game in 1978 Chuck it Edwards. wasn't Dennis Smith it was Chuck Edwards Chuck Edwards yeah <laughs> Dennis I tell you he's uh, he's been a part of some some yeah. lengthy runs with Clinton. He's football. been around for a long time too. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the great thing about right radio is is the, if they can keep somebody, they do. Right. And I've been very fortunate as far as that's concerned. Uh, they've taken good care of me, right. and 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 they really, I think they realize that the familiarity is key to what drives the right. engine. You know, with the fans and right. stuff. So, uh, great great situation. I know that the only reason I have the ability to do what i'm doing with right radios because you set the trail you know so thank you well harold's a great radio man he does he is. He's, yeah. you know he knows how it should be done he does he does and uh he obviously knew how to pick some ta- or how to keep talent you yeah. were already here but right. uh oab hall of famer you uh you you've got you've got well, the accolades probably, brother probably was not deserved there's oh whatever that, that was a good um oh like politicians, they prepare a, a person to get elected. Well, uh, Carol Wright did an outstanding job of putting together a biography for me. That well, but a biography's got to be true, Chuck. That's the thing. I, they saying. could go make a great biography for me tomorrow, and it wouldn't be wouldn't necessarily be true. All right. Well, we probably better let you get out of here. So okay. thank you so much you for bet. coming by. Thank you, Chuck. He's the voice of Western Oklahoma sports legend in Western Oklahoma in Oklahoma radio for sure. And uh, he's Chuck Edwards, and we thank him for taking time to visit with us here on the Western Oklahoma Sports Podcast. I'm Chuck Ramsey, the Law Dog. Thank you for tuning in.